Praise the Lord. Good evening, church. Um, you know, I just, uh, I heard Pastor telling some of us that, um, you know, because there's not a prayer request or prayer request being sent in, um, you know, that he feels that uh, everybody is good and everybody is right and everybody is, is doing well, right? Is doing well naturally and spiritually. And I think that that, uh, that his take on that is, is timely um, because today we're going to speak uh, in regards to a few things and prayer is one of them. And I feel that maybe some of us aren't requesting prayer and some of us aren't maybe sending out the prayer request or asking others to pray with us because we're suppressing some prayers because they haven't been answered in our time, in our timing. You know, we, we feel that we were a bit rejected, amen, and that our prayer was turned away. So we've, we've kind of let that prayer go when we no longer want to pray about some things. But I hope that today we can see that some of those things that maybe you have brought to Jesus' Jesus's request, amen, Jesus' feet and Jesus' throne, and it would, I hope that today's message will help make, make, it, make some things clear, amen, and, and that you would, uh, you would understand that it's all in God's timing. Everything is in God's timing, amen. So while I have your ear, let us go right into the word, amen. Right, let's go right into today's word, right into today's scripture. And we're going to be reading from the gospel of Mark, amen. And that's chapter 8 is where we're going to start. And there are many scriptures that I'm going to cover today, but I want to start today's uh, message with the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 through verses 33. And I'll be reading from the King James Version, amen. So if you could, please follow along. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 27. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea and Philippi. And by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? In other words, who do you say that I am? And Peter answereth and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected. And I want you to key on that word. And be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again, speaking of his resurrection. And he spake that saying openly, meaning it was for everyone. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, a form of rejection, saying, Get behind me, Satan. He says, Get thee behind me, Satan. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word, Father. Lord, we thank you again for another service, Father God, where we can hear your message, Lord God. Father, I ask that you anoint the lips of clay this evening, Lord God, so that your message may come through, Lord God, and that it may reach every soul and every child of yours, Father God, and that every ear that heareth, Father God, and that every heart that it speaks to, Father God, would begin to have a pure heart, Lord God. Amen. That you would, 
just continue, Father God, to work on us, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the unleavened bread, Lord God, which is you, Jesus. The truth, Father God. The pure, Father God. The spirit, Lord God, that you give us, Father. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, church, I started off this message this evening to, to kind of uh, elaborate on what I'm going to speak about today and what I'm going to teach on today. Um, you know, I got a lot to unpack this evening for all of us, and I hope that some of you that like to take notes will take some notes today. And for those of you that don't, that you can retain what is going to be taught to you today, because I believe that it is very beneficial for each and every one of us. I found in reading some of these scriptures and some of these, um, these teachings from Jesus that it's very beneficial for myself. And I've learned a lot over this last week when studying uh, many of uh, these examples that we're going to cover today. You know, I, I got a lot to unpack. And when I say that, I'm going to, I'm going to hope to, you know, peel back the onion of rejection. Amen. The onion of rejection. And that leads me into today's title, which rejection is for your benefit. Amen. Rejection is for your benefit. It's for yours and my benefit. Amen. And when we hear the word rejection, it doesn't come across as something good for us. Amen. A lot of us associate the word rejection with something of a negative connotation. Amen. But as we peel back some of these uh, layers in these scriptures, which I would say the onion of rejection, amen, because everyone knows that an onion has many layers and so does many forms of rejection, amen. And sometimes when we look at the word rejection, it gets a negative connotation because it's the difference in how we view rejection and the difference is how the Lord views rejection, amen. You see, what we view as bad, we view rejection as negative, as something bad for us. Amen. We do that many of times, not knowing why we were rejected at a time. Amen. Such, so things as such as, as doors being closed or never open when we ask for them or when we ask our Heavenly Father in prayer. Amen. We ask him, you know, Lord, can you, can you just do this for me? Lord, can you, can you just do this for my loved one, Father God? Amen. And, and sometimes when we ask the Lord for these things and it doesn't happen when we want it to happen, we feel rejected. Amen. We feel as if the Lord did not hear our prayer or that the Lord does not want good things for us. But the Lord knows better. Amen. Amen. See, God, see we think of, of a door being closed or a door never being opened is God withholding a good thing from us. You know, we can have a feeling of or a sense of rejection and a clear misunderstanding of what God can see and what we are not able to see with our natural eyes and our natural understanding. Amen. Amen, Brother Oscar. A lot of times when we are rejected, we don't understand why God would not want to bless us with this. Father, this is a good thing, Lord. I'm not asking you something that is of evil doing or something that is impure. This is something that is good, but you've rejected it, Lord. Why are you rejecting my prayer? Why are you rejecting something that I feel is good for me? Do you not agree with me, Heavenly Father? Do you not agree that this is for me and this is what I need? But God knows better, church. So I ask you to hold on to that prayer. Don't suppress it. Don't bury it. And don't think that the Lord did not hear you. The Lord said, I hear you, my child. But in my timing, 
in my timing, when you are prepared and when you are ready, I will give you that blessing that you desire. I will answer your prayer if it is my will. Amen. So let us discuss some of these things, amen, because, um, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the rejection that gets a negative connotation, and it's the natural man versus the spiritual man and how we don't know how to interpret that rejection because we look at things in a natural, amen, view, in a natural aspect and not a spiritual concept, amen, and, and we all know that God is trying to develop within us a spiritual being, amen, a spiritual man, something that can connect with him, amen. And not something that we've already connected with, and that is the natural that we have constantly and continuously tried to remain in touch with, rather than being in touch with our spiritual father. So naturally, when we see or experience rejection taking place, we receive it as something evil, something wrong, and it builds in us resentment and frustration. And at times, we can lose sight of the bigger picture. Can we not? We tend to lose sight of what God really truly called us for because we start to build in us resentment and some frustration because we didn't get the things that we have brought to God's attention. Or maybe it wasn't even God himself that rejected us. Amen. So let's discuss rejection for a quick minute. Rejection comes in many forms. And for us, there is no way around it, folks. There is no way around rejection. It, if, it, if it is God's will for us to be, for something to be, be rejected at a certain time, then it is what it is. Amen. So examples and forms of rejection. Rejected ideas. How many of us have had ideas that we brought to somebody? Whether it be maybe a, maybe a, a project that you're asking um, at work or asking a management, asking leadership, hey, I think this would be a great idea. And it's been rejected. Rejected teachings, rejected learnings, understandings, prayers, amen, we covered prayers, personal characteristics, something about you that's been rejected by others or somebody. To simply put it, we and our persona is just not accepted, it's rejected. And that's something that's hard to deal with, amen. Let's not fool ourselves. When we don't get something that we we, we feel it's good for us, and it's rejected by anyone or something, we feel like, you know what, that's not a good feeling. I don't like it. Why am I going through this? And we, be to, we begin to question things. Uh, a, a little bit of doubt starts to set in, amen. A little bit of, uh, again, resentment and frustration begins to set in. And in our spirits, we begin to, to just really, really boil up, and, and we start to build hatred, amen. And we start to lose focus on the bigger picture, as I mentioned, so at times we are rejected by others, and many times rejection can come from God himself. Amen? But it's because only he understands what he is doing at the time. Even when others are rejecting us and our, idea, and our ideas, it's because that person or thing does not possess the capacity. Amen? And God knows that your time will be wasted, and your walk with him will be moved off track and no longer headed in a direction through the narrow gate. So a lot of times that rejection is for our benefit and it's to help us stay on track. Although we feel like it is leading us astray because we didn't get what we thought we wanted, amen, it is leading us back onto that narrow 
path, amen, that gate that leads to heaven, amen, and that's ultimately what God is trying to do for each of us in these examples and trying to reveal to us in these examples that we're going to cover today, amen, amen, because if we really believe the scriptures that we stand on, amen, like Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God, all things, good and bad, Work together for those that love God. To them that are called according to his purpose. Then we should be open to rejection as it may be for a greater calling and his purpose. Amen. Amen. God knows. Amen, Pastor. God knows what he's doing, church. God knows what he's doing, brother and sister. God knows what he's doing, visitor. He knows what he's doing in your life. So before you allow that rejection at the time to build frustration and resentment against God or others or somebody that you love dearly or something that didn't happen that is long past, remember that God knows what he's doing. He knows that what we may feel is good for us at the time can lead to our destruction later in life. Where the gate is wide and the road is broad. It is for our benefit that we receive rejection at times that make no sense. Sometimes it just makes no sense. But it's hard for us to understand. It's difficult for us to hear. Amen. And it's impossible to see and to fully articulate through our mouths what we need at times when we don't have that spiritual man built in and we can't see through spiritual eyes and we can't hear through spiritual ears and our hearts are defiled. And in us, we've rejected the commandments of God. Amen. But God knows what's best. We only want what we simply want, but that want is not for his purpose or for our calling and ultimately not for our benefit. So sometimes rejection is necessary for us to get where God is leading us. Amen. How many want to, how many can sit here today and say, I thank God that he's leading me. Amen. Because when I didn't have God leading me, I was going in the wrong direction and I lived a life full of destruction and my life fell apart and many people got hurt and got thrown to the wayside. And I'm paying double for it. And I'm doing my best to make sure that that doesn't happen anymore. So I thank God that by his will and by his word and through some of the things that he rejects that I request are for my purpose. And he's leading me in the right direction. Amen. So there are even, yes, church, there are even ministries and certain holy things we may be asking God for. And God himself is withholding these very sacred things from us as he continues to work his will in our lives. You see, I said earlier that we ask for something or we, we present something to somebody and we're rejected because at that time that person did not have the capacity to deal with that. Or we ourselves don't have the capacity within us to yet deal with the things that we ask God for. So God says, before I can give it to you, I got to reject you at this time, and I got to allow my will to work in your life. I got to allow some spiritual growth, because in the natural, you think that you are ready for this, and you think that you can handle this, and you think that you are called for this, but spiritually, you're not ready to lead this. 
So I need to wait. I need to reject it. I need you to hold on a minute. And that reminds me of a word that pastor preached this weekend. And, this, and I want to say this as an example, that sometimes God tells us to hold our position and stand still and be quiet. Don't allow the murmuring. Don't allow the things to fester inside of us because we are not blessed at the time with it or because God has, not, has yet to give it to us. Right, Because he's rejected it or somebody else has rejected it at the time. Because there's something going on in the background. And we have to trust our God. And we have to trust that process that God is doing something in our lives. Amen? Amen. So yes, there are even ministries and certain holy things that we may ask God for. And we, we like, what do you mean, God? Like, I don't understand. Don't you call me to, to be part of a ministry? Don't you ask me to, to serve in your kingdom and you don't want to bless me with this? You're rejecting my prayer. You're rejecting my demand. You're rejecting my request. It just doesn't make sense. Then I don't want nothing to do with it then. I'm just going to walk away. And that is a testing moment for you and I. Where is your heart? Is it pure? Are, you are your intentions pure? Or are they only simply on the surface? Amen? And maybe it is coming from within the heart. And that's what God is trying to mold and change. Amen? So the heart, mind, body, and soul, the spirit in which we connect with our Heavenly Father, is what Jesus is molding for us behind the scenes. You see, this is all happening in the background, behind the scenes. You know, it is all happening for our benefit. Although it may not seem like it at the time, it is happening for our benefit. Amen? It's all happening for our benefit. So we can someday have the capacity to maintain and be good stewards of that good thing that was rejected by God or others at the time. So, and just because it was rejected, like I mentioned earlier, doesn't mean it won't or can't happen. Jesus heard you. Jesus heard you. And your prayer did not fall on deaf ears. But it's all in his perfect timing. So, like I mentioned, don't suppress the good things of the Lord when they are first rejected. Because the rejection is for your benefit. You see, God himself was rejected at many times. Throughout the Bible, we can go to many, many examples that will explain to us or give us an example of rejection and how God was rejected. And in the Gospel of Mark, chapters 7 and 8, God's word reveals many forms of rejection for both the reader, which is you and I, and those whose lives he touched in those times. You see, the scriptures are for us to dissect. Do you agree? We are, we are called to read these scriptures and to dissect the word of God so that we can understand who our heavenly father is. And we can begin to understand his ways. Although we will never understand and fully concept what God is doing. And there will always be that bit of disconnection as to how God thinks and how God's ways are and how God's thoughts are. We have to Begin to dissect his words so that we can understand who our father really is. And it'll help to reveal the hidden message, the mystery of godliness. So don't consider the word of God as just a book. It's the good book. 
It possesses the very nature in which God would have us conduct ourselves and to protect ourselves by having ears to hear and eyes to see and a clean heart for his work so we can make heaven our home. And so through us, God's spirit would bring a heavenly experience to earth for those that he continues to call. The picture is bigger than us. The picture is bigger than your request. And I begin to think of some of the things that I would ask for God in my early walk with him in Christ. And I would ask these things and and I would demand some things from the Lord. Like, Lord, if you do this for me, I'll do that. And I never considered, Lord, I should be praying what heaven demands, not what I demand. Heaven, what do you demand, Lord, of me? I should be asking you, what's your will for me? That should be my prayer. That should be our prayer as we begin to mature. What do you want from me, Lord? It's not what I want from you, but it's what heaven requires of us. Amen? We need to learn how to sometimes flip the script in our prayer and ask God, God, what would you have me do? Amen? Because we know that if all things work for our good in God's will, amen, then his will that is is required of us is going to be good for us regardless of what we want. Amen? So start to look at things in a different, uh, what we would like to say in a different perspective, in a godly perspective, you know, with, with God's eyes. Amen? Amen. So I mentioned that God works through us to bring a heavenly experience to earth. Amen? Through us, God uses man. Amen? To 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 show just who Christ really is, amen? And then sometimes you will have that one-on-one with Christ, yes. But God uses man here on earth to show his power and his authority, amen? So to have faith and trust in our heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, is another reason why God will withhold and reject a need, want, or desire at the time. But remember, Jesus was once rejected by his own father in the garden of Gethsemane. When he asked the father to allow the cup to pass from him. But then Jesus reminds us that God, that may God's will be done, Lord, and not our own. Amen. So I want to go over some scriptures in the gospel of Mark to help us better understand that onion of rejection. Amen. The different layers of rejection and how sometimes what we may view as rejection doesn't make sense or doesn't really align with our ideas of rejection and how they could be for our benefit. Amen. So to help us better understand some things that Jesus looks for when our actions and choices regarding rejection. Right. I want to go over some of those things with you guys tonight. So rejection may not have happened to you in these particular forms. But the examples in scripture that we will cover, amen, are for us to interpret and and better understand so that we can gain wisdom and knowledge in these areas of our lives that God needs us to grow in. Amen. He needs us to grow in these areas. And some of these, some of these, uh, these scriptures that we're going to cover are, are plain and simple and are very practical when it comes to a form of rejection. And others, Mark, I, I love how Mark explains these in the gospel of Mark because he gives us a very practical and very easy to understand version of rejection. But he, there is also in the word of God some areas where he allows us to use our imagination that he's blessed us with. And he says, just use your imagination here. Fill in the gaps. 
fill in what, what's missing here and, and begin to understand what I'm trying to teach you and reveal to you. Amen? Amen. So I like to go back to Mark 7. Mark 7, chapter 9. And, 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 and Jesus says this. He says this to the Pharisees. Because, see, the Pharisees have approached God and they've asked him, why do your disciples not wash their hands? Why do they, why do they defile you know, right, right, this bread before they eat it? Why don't they wash their hands? Right? Why don't they follow the, tradi the traditions of elders? Why do they disobey what we know, the Pharisees I'm speaking of, as the commandments of God? Amen. And he says unto them, fool, meaning, meaning as, it, as, as fully as it is, well, ye reject the commandment of God. I mean, fully you guys reject the commandment of God. Not as a fool, like as in a person, but fool as in you fully reject every commandment of the Lord. You reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition, the ways of mankind, amen? They reject God for the ways of their traditions of their elders and what they have instituted as God's commandments, amen? So it's, it's, it's later explained that the, the defilement that they're speaking of, although they see it as a natural thing, right, that they didn't wash their hands, the disciples didn't wash their hands, and Jesus allows that before they eat because it was a custom for many of, 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 of what we could say the Pharisees and those of these times, the Hebrews and the Jews and whatnot, to wash their hands before they were eaten of anything, before they would do anything, even before they would come back from the marketplace. They would wash their hands before they partake in anything. It was a religious act, right? It was a tradition. It had to be done. Amen. In order to proceed forward. Um, and God uses this uh, form of rejection on their end because they reject God. Like I said, there's different forms of rejection that we're going to cover here as we peel back the onion. Amen. Of rejection. You see, the Pharisees question the Lord as to why his disciples. Why, why did your disciples not wash their hands? You know, in the Greek, it was it was. Um, it was, the word defiled was like to infect, and it was polluted, it was foul, it was taint. So in other words, they said they didn't wash their hands, so everything that they touch at this point is foul, it's taint, it's infected. And Jesus says, you're worried about what you're seeing on the outside, but I'm more concerned what's going on in the inside. Amen. I'm not so much worried about what you're putting in in your mouth and what's going to go through your stomach and come out. We know where on the other end. Amen. But what he's saying is what's coming out from within, out of your mouth and from your heart. Amen. He's more worried about that because, see, he uses this example of the Pharisees and says, you reject my commandment. Amen. Because you think uh, that maybe my commandments or the things that we're doing exactly aren't what you think God should be. You put God in a box. You think you got God all figured out. He goes, but you're so blind, you can't even see God in front of you. He says, however, I'm teaching my disciples that it's not what's on the outside. It's what, what comes from the inside. So as, as people reject him and as people re push God away and people are pushing you away, Amen. Because you have a sense of godliness in you. And because you follow God's commandments, there are people that will push you away. And they will say that, huh, you know, you're defiled. You're tainted. I don't believe that to be true. However, while people are pushing you away, God is pulling you toward him. Amen. So 
The Pharisees and elders were holding everyone to their standards and pushing everyone they could into, a, into the traditions of men and not God. Amen. So they were rejecting God's commandments and only accepting the traditions and what they understood as to be godly. And those were the things of men, the traditions of men and their elders. While God is pulling and drawing us toward the truth and his commandments, they are pushing you away from it. So we have to be aware of those Pharisees, amen, and those people and those naysayers outside of our circles or maybe some of the people that are in your circles that are rejecting the commandment of God because as you are pushed away from them, that's fine. Allow that rejection to happen because they're no good for you. That is a good form of rejection. That is a good example of what others that do not follow the commandments of God it should be received as a good part or a good example of rejection. Because I like to use the bow analogy here, right? As, as somebody is pushing, if, you ha if I had a bow, and I wish I had something to show you guys, but, um, you know, I, I recently have been shopping for a bow. Uh, uh, just, just, this is why this came to my mind. I recently have been shopping for a bow. Um, I do like to take up the sport of hunting um, and I do enjoy uh, a bow hunting. It's, it's, it's something that <laughs> requires a lot more than just grabbing a pistol and hiding on the side of a mountain. Um, but I, I like the ideal of a bow. And I like the idea of a bow and the analogy of it in this manner. And what I mean by that is if you could picture me holding a bow and I'm grasping it with my left hand. Amen. And you think of the left hand grasping the bow as those Pharisees and all those people that, sur that you surround yourself with or that you may come across. And they reject the commandments of God and they reject you and they push you away. Amen. They push the bow away. They push the bow away. But God is the other hand. Amen. I want you to see this. God is the other hand. Amen. And see, God is grabbing that string and that arrow. Amen. He's grabbing it and he's pulling you towards him. So as they're pushing you away, He's pulling you toward him. Amen. And when God draws you near him, he draws you and pulls you toward him with power. Amen. See, when you use a bow, when you start it here, it has no power. But when you begin to push it one way and pull the other way, where the power, where the power comes from is in the drawing. Right? It comes from within where Jesus is pulling us in this analogy. So while people are pushing you and rejecting you and rejecting God's commandment away, I want you to remember that God is pulling you in the other direction. And God is empowering you with power, his power and his authority. So allow the rejection to take place, amen, from someone else. Never reject the commandments of God. Because when we receive the commandments of God in this example, God is empowering us. Right, We will soon be so powerful that when we're drawn back and God releases us into the world, we can do anything, amen, with God on our side. And all things are possible when God draws us toward him and he instills power and his power and his spirit in us and lets us go. So sometimes that rejection is for your benefit. And I want you to remember that. Again, this is one layer of that onion of rejection that we're peeling back. So the Pharisees pushed away and rejects God, God's commandments for their own needs and wants. Remember, when you're rejected by somebody, sometimes it's because, you know what, that's not going to meet my need. That's not going to meet my want, so I don't want to receive your idea. I don't want to receive you into our fold. I'm not going to allow your project to go because I'm not in that project. 
And God knows, I don't, I, if I'm not going to be in there, well, I'm going to say they say God knows, but they're going to say that if I'm not involved in it and it's going to be you that leads it and I'm not, I have nothing to touch and I don't want nothing to do with it. Amen? So for their own needs and wants, and God pulls us toward his purpose, um, for, uh, purpose and power for our benefit. To see in their hearts, and this goes back to the spiritual, right, and the natural, the man itself. In their hearts, they wanted to remain under the law right, the law and traditions of the elders, that they had been teaching, they had been teaching this doctrine and holding others accountable to this doctrine um, as if they were holding fast to the unleavened bread and were undefiled in all their ways. When in reality, they rejected everything that was good and everything that was undefiled and everything that was not their way. They see, see, one thing that you got to understand for most people that don't accept God and God's commandments is they want to see if they can move you and they want to see if they can emotionally get you to remove you from your submission to the Lord. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but use the, you go back to the time when Jesus was in the wilderness and praying. And, and, when, and when the devil approached, when Satan approached Jesus as he's praying, he tells him, hey, you know, if you're really God who you say you are, he's like, turn, that, turn those rocks into bread. Let me see you do it. And God could have done it. We all know God could have done it. There's, he gets tempted three times, right? He could have did any, any of those things. Jesus is God in the flesh. He could have done all of that. But see, what the devil was trying to do, he was trying to get Jesus to remove himself from the submission that he was under. He was trying to get him to emotionally remove himself from being submitted under God, his Lord and his Almighty, his, his Father in heaven, amen. And a lot of people are going to reject you to see if they can emotionally sway you away from your submission to the Almighty. I hope you are getting this, church. I hope that you are seeing that rejection is for your benefit. And that when you can see it from a godly perspective, it's for your benefit. And sometimes we got to stop looking at everything in the natural. And we got to dissect the word of God. And we got to look at our situations that when God rejects it or when somebody rejects it, it's because that person, that person that rejects it doesn't have the capacity or can't, it can't fulfill your purpose with you. Amen. And God knows this. So God rejects that request that you may want because he knows that in that request, in that demand or in that prayer, you are going to be swayed from your submission to the Lord. You're going to be swayed to give up what you possess, and that is your salvation. Amen? So be aware of who is speaking to you. So the Bible says in Mark 7, verses 5 through 7, says, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the, to the tradition of the elders? But eat bread with unwashing hands. He's explaining, the, uh, at this point, Mark is explaining what the, Pharisee, what the Pharisees were trying to say, right? How they were trying to accuse the, the disciples of defiling things and, and doing things that were not according to the tradition of their elders and, and what they had been teaching. He says, and he answered unto them, Jesus, well, hath Esaias or, or Isaiah, right, prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart, it's a condition of the heart. You can say all you want, and you can put the facade up, and you can tell anybody, everybody, that you mean well, and that you honor God with your lips. But is your heart far from him? 
See, this example of defiled, this example that the Pharisees brought to, to Jesus and how Jesus flipped the script on them is that their heart is the issue. Amen? Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. They're not teaching the commandments of God. They were teaching the, doctor, the doctrines of men. Amen? And, and the reasons for that is because they didn't want to submit to the Lord. They didn't want to be under God. They wanted to be considered as God. They wanted to have that type of clout. Amen. They wanted to have that type of stature that, hey, we're just like God. We preach his word. On the outside, I look like I'm a priest. Amen. I am a Pharisee. I am a scribe. I am that which I am. But they're really not. Their heart is far from the Lord. What they're teaching the people was the traditions of mankind and not what God had taught them. They lost their ways, amen. They wanted to teach things and hold people accountable to what they had and their mind and how they boxed in God and what they thought only God would look like and what God would do rather than accepting Jesus in front of them and his teachings. So be careful because the first part of um, peeling back that onion rejection is to understand that when we are rejected by God or by others, is it for one, our benefit? And two, is it because maybe we were rejected because our heart isn't right? So check your heart. Because the first thing we must understand before we can go anywhere in Christ is to have a pure heart. Have a pure heart, my brothers and sisters. I want to move on to the next scripture. Mark 7, 24 and 27 through 27. And in this scripture, we learn about a Syrophoenician woman with a daughter that had the unclean spirit. And she was rejected by the Lord, right? Let's just, it, 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 initially she was rejected by the Lord. Amen. So you see, these are, these scriptures that I'm going to are in sequence with Mark 7 and 8. So I thought it to, I, when I started to break down the word of God and I started to look at the one scripture that I used to open up with and I kind of, you know, it's good to go back a few scriptures or back a few chapters to understand where God is coming from or where God came from or what he's trying to teach us, amen? And throughout the Bible, like I said, we can, ha we can be shown many examples of rejection. But I thought it was very interesting that from the beginning of Mark 7 to the end of, of, of uh, Mark 8, there is somewhat of a sequence on how God is trying to help us understand who we are and what we need to be careful about. And he does it through forms of rejection. So first he taught us that we need to be careful about the heart, amen? And we need to make sure that our intentions are pure, that our heart is pure. But in the second, um, second example, further down in the scripture of Mark 7, verses 24 to 27, he speaks of a Syrophoenician woman, amen, that had a daughter that, that she needed um, a devil to be casted out of, amen, and she approaches Jesus. And the Bible says this uh, in verse 24, chapter, chapter 7 in the book of Mark. It says, and from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into an house and would have no man know it, right? Jesus just left that altercation with the Pharisees and he goes into a house and he's like, I don't want no one to know I'm here, but he could not be hid. Amen. You can't hide God. God don't really want to hide himself anyway. God wants to, wants you to know who he is. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. This lady heard of Jesus. She had a, a daughter that had an unclean spirit and she came and fell at the feet of Jesus. 
The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. She wasn't who God came to speak to or who, who God initially came for, amen? She was a Syrophoenician by nation. The Bible tells us this for reasons. And she besought him that, uh, that we would cast forth, the, that he, I'm sorry, would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Amen. She's pleading with him. Lord, cast this devil out of my daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled. In other words, let my children be first be filled. For it is not meat. I mean, I, I didn't come for this, right? To take the children's bread. I, I came to bring the children's bread to my children, not to you. Amen. And to cast it unto the dogs. Amen. In other words, I, 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 need, to, I, I need to come here and do what I'm doing for my children. But God also had intentions here. God was showing us that that this woman had the faith the size of a mustard seed. Amen. And see, sometimes, you know, this woman had asked Jesus, can you heal my daughter? And Jesus tells her, no, that I bought the bread for my children. Amen. And that, and that, and that, I, and that it's not right for me to take it from my children and cast it onto the dogs, uh, using this woman as a dog. But she says, Lord, even the dogs eat of the master's children's crumbs, right? She says, even, even if I could just get that crumb, that's all I need. This woman had the, si the faith the size of a mustard seed. She only needed a little bit of faith. And what I want you, want you to understand here as we're peeling back the onion of rejection is that we got to have faith when we're rejected. We can't, when God rejects us, right, and this is plain and simple, God rejected her. Initially, God said, no, I didn't come to heal your daughter. I didn't come to give this bread to you. I came to give it to someone else. But the lady persisted. Amen. The lady that was rejected, but she didn't give up. Amen. And sometimes we, when we are rejected by someone or God, we give up. We lose faith. Amen. And we lose sight of, of what God is trying to teach us. But this woman said, you know what? You can reject me, sir, but I'm going to lay right here at your feet until you give me that blessing. I'm going to lay right here until you take that rejection away or until you honor that request, Lord. I'm not going to allow your first, um, your first notion, which was rejection, to be a negative one for me. I'm going to show you that I have the faith that I know, Lord, of all lords and kings of kings, that you can still heal my daughter and that you will still heal my daughter. Amen. And, and I just, I like the fact that she was persistent. I like the fact that this woman could have easily been discouraged and walked away from the father with the first sign of rejection. Amen. As many do. We get discouraged. Amen. And when we're rejected first, we walk away and we no longer want anything to do with our Lord. We no longer want anything to do with the ways of God. We no longer want that promotion. We no longer want that commitment that we signed the paper for when it came to being employed. We no longer want that relationship because we were rejected once. Amen. So we give up on it. Amen. And we get discouraged. But we got to have the faith the size of the mustard seed like this woman. Amen. This woman was not someone that God had originally called. But God came to her for our reason. Right. He came for us to see an example. God said, just have the faith the size of a mustard seed like this woman did. This woman was persistent when she was rejected. So I encourage you, when you're rejected once, don't give up. When your prayer is rejected or your request to God is rejected, don't suppress it. It reminds me of a time when I'm going to get very transparent and open with you guys right now. My father died about a year ago from cancer. And one of my prayers was, Lord, heal my father. Allow me to preach to him. Allow me to minister to this man. And I didn't have the greatest relationships with this man. 
Me and my father didn't have the greatest of upbringings, but I still love them, just like I love any of my brothers. And I, and really, in reality, I love people. I do. I, I just love um, the creation of God. Amen. And, and I was heartbroken because I didn't have the ample time to minister to my father. And my prayer was rejected, but it was for my benefit. And at the time, I couldn't see it. And then it brought to me that years before, my prayer for my mother was very similar to my dad. But God didn't reject it. God granted it. And at times, in our rejection, we don't understand what God is doing. But it's for our benefit. I learned something from that. As harsh as it may sound, and that my father is not here with us today. And I can truthfully tell you, I don't know where he is. I don't know that he lived according to God's scriptures. But I do know that I learned something from that. And I learned that time is essential and that we can't squander it. I learned something from that rejection that God rejected from me. And it didn't make me bitter. It didn't give me resentment. And I didn't stop moving toward the will of God. More importantly, I drew near to my Heavenly Father because I needed him. Amen. And I share that with you to tell you that you're going to have some rejections in your life that are tough and that are hard to swallow and that you're not going to make sense to you. Why would you do this and why wouldn't you do that? And it won't be the same scenario as mine. But what I'm trying to tell you is that you can't allow these forms of rejection to get on your way. You can't allow them to detour you from your calling and your purpose. And what I learned is that I got to be a good steward of my time and that I got to value life in itself. And I got to be content with what I've been given. And I also got to be content with what God has given me. Amen. And I got to cherish every moment. And I got to share those things that are precious to me with the ones that I love and those that God places in my path. Amen. And I can't allow some of those things and some of those rejections and those forms to shape me and mold me into somebody negative. I got to allow them to build strength in me. And then you can see, if you can see through the camera and those of you that are here, that it still touches me emotionally. But I'm not wrecked. I'm not crushed. Like I said, I learned something. And in those times of rejection, we have to learn something. There is a moment where God is trying to speak to us and teach us something. By using examples in the scriptures, he is trying to teach us and mold us. So that when we go through things in our life, when we do have that experience, we understand what we're going through. And sometimes it's hard to fully concept what God is doing. It's hard to understand what form of rejection may be happening or why something didn't take place in our life. But our ways, like I said, are not his ways. And there was a disconnect from the beginning between man and God. And God keeps it that way because there's certain things that if we knew we couldn't handle, but God can handle it for us. And some things we just got to lay at Jesus' feet and we got to allow him to work in the background, church. So I got a little transparent and I shared some of my life with you that has recently passed. And I did it to show you that even a minister, even a reverend, even uh, anybody, anybody, it doesn't mean you have to have titles. It doesn't mean you have to, you can be anybody and go through these things. It doesn't mean that any of us are, are, are uh, exempt from anything. 
Rejection is part of all of our lives. And like I said in the beginning, rejection, it's necessary. It shows us something if we're open and we're willing to understand. But I want to move on to one more. We're getting uh, near the close of our service, so I'm going to finish with this one point. And I have many others. I didn't get to all of them, and I'll have a part two if, if, if I can about rejection because I believe that the onion of rejection has many layers and I believe that there are many examples that God wants to share with us and God wants to reveal to us so we understand that it's a, it, it's our heart and it's our faith in these in these areas of rejection that we need to look at and the last one I want to share with you guys is in Mark 7 31 to 35 and Jesus is dealing with the deaf and mute man who they brought to Jesus to heal then Jesus himself heals the man with a form of rejection by spitting. Now, there are three accounts where God uses his saliva and spitting to heal somebody. Amen. And I'm going to give you one of them today. How the saliva and the spitting of Jesus healed this man. And if any of you are familiar with the, with the form of, 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 of rejections in, in, back in the day, right? Or, or even now, let's face it. If someone spits on you right now, it's a rejection, amen? If someone spits on you, it's an offense. It's a very offensive feeling. If someone spits on me, I, I'm upset. And it's going to be very hard for me to turn that other cheek like Jesus says. I can tell you that right now. I'm a human too. And in my natural flesh, sometimes I react on it. But what I, wanted, what I want to share with you is that Jesus uses a form of rejection in our eyes, in the natural, that we would say, God, why are you spitting on that man? That is wrong. Why would you do such a thing? But God shows us this, this form of rejection is used not only for this man's benefit, but it's used to show us something. There's a spiritual application here, and I want you to understand. So in Mark 7, 31 through 35, Jesus says, or the Bible says this in, in the gospel of Mark. It says, and again, again, Jesus did many miracles. Jesus performed many miracles. He, he did a lot of things, amen. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of the Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf. They bring to him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. He couldn't speak very clearly. He had an impediment. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. Amen. They asked Jesus, place your hands upon him and heal this man. And he took, this is, and he, this is the interesting part, and he took him aside from the multitude. Amen. Jesus removes this man from the multitude, and he puts his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. I don't know about you. That sounds kind of gross. Right? And looking up to the heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be open. Amen? That is Greek for to be open. And straight away his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. So when I look at this and you start to dissect this, and there is another scripture later in Mark 8 that, that kind of has something very similar to this, this type of healing, amen, and how Jesus used a form of rejection to bring healing to this man. But what I want to focus, focus on is that we understand that this man couldn't hear. He was deaf. And we understand that this man had no speech. He had a speech impediment. And it says that when Jesus healed him, and asked Ephatha, and that is to be open, that his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. You see, this man, before he was deaf, and before he couldn't speak, was able to do so at one time. He, 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 and, and like I said, there's another scripture that aligns with this, but I want to focus on this one. Because 
Jesus pulls them away from this crowd. Jesus says, look, I'm going to remove you and pull you aside from this multitude. And I wonder that if this guy could once speak and this guy could once hear, and he had to be pulled away in order to regain that, right, for Jesus to heal him, what was this man listening to at one time? What was this man speaking of that he was shut up in his mouth and he had a speech impediment? What was he listening to that he could no longer hear? I, I wonder why. And this is where I say that sometimes scriptures leave something to the imagination. And where God says, fill in the blanks. Amen. Try to dissect and put yourself in this situation. If you could once hear and you could once speak and then you some, at some point in your life you lost that ability. Amen. What was it that caused it? And the Bible doesn't teach us. It doesn't tell us. It doesn't, it, it doesn't reveal that to us exactly. Amen. It doesn't tell us what it is. But I wonder at times, um, are, 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 things, uh, are things that we put ourselves around, amen, and the things that we hear and the things that we, we tend to hear and then speak are wrong? And are they rejecting the commandments of God? Do they go against what God's will is in our lives? Are the people that we listen to affecting our walk in Christ? Amen. Are the people that we're listening to and the things that we're allowing to enter into our body beginning to defile the heart? Amen. Are they beginning to create issues in our heart and in our walk with Christ? So much so that when it comes out of our mouth, we are now cursing our Heavenly Father. We are now no longer giving life, amen, because the tongue has death and life in it, amen. Are, are we now, because, because maybe at one time, maybe this man, you know, let's just, let's just use our imagination. Maybe this man did talk about the Lord at one time. Maybe he did have some prayers in his heart that he sent up, uh, up to the Lord, amen. And maybe the Lord rejected it at one time. And inside of him, he began to have resentment. And then the crowd around him began to fill his ear with, ha ha, I told you your God is phony. I told you your God could not heal you. I told you your God could not do that. Ha ha, look at you now, trying to make a fool of you, trying to make a fool of this man, amen. But his prayer was never forgotten, amen. Although it may have been rejected and he may have been made a fool of and he allowed some people to get in his mind and he allowed those things to get into his heart and begin to defile the inner man God then shut his mouth because sometimes you have to hold your position and you have to keep your mouth shut and you have to allow God to speak to you not the crowd and not the multitude. The multitude did not have pure intentions when they brought this man to God. This is why God had to remove him from the multitude before he can use a form of rejection, which was his spit and his saliva, to give the man hearing again so he can hear, right? So he could have ears to hear so he can have a mouth to speak and proclaim the gospel amen so this man could have the capabilities to give true purpose to his calling but sometimes we surround ourselves with people that just give us negative thoughts and want to just dump all kinds of garbage in us and sometimes we end up being that pitcher that's full of just negative thoughts and negative things and and all the naysayers and everything that you do is a, is a joke and it's funny and you begin to believe it and you begin to speak it and you forget that where God once had you and you forget the promises of your Lord and at the end of the day you forget that God promised you salvation but you've allowed so much to be heard that was not for you to hear 
and you began to speak those things that God did not call you to speak. So God made the man deaf. God made the man a mute. And he said, I know where you are. I know where I placed you. And I will come back for you. And I will heal you. And I will use a form of rejection to show you that I never forgot you. And although people may have been rejecting you, I'm going to use what was rejection to bring you healing. Because rejection is for your benefit. Amen? Like I said, spitting. Spitting was a form of rejection, church. It was a form of rejection. In Isaiah verses 8, or I should say chapter 8, or no, I'm sorry. Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9. Jesus said, or Isaiah explains to us, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In other words, when we are rejected and we don't understand it, it's okay. Because it was for our purpose and for our benefit. Jesus rejected you at one time, or somebody rejected you at one time, because it was for your benefit, whether you thought it was or not. So don't look at rejection as a negative thing or something bad. Don't give it a negative connotation. Amen, because God meant it for something better. God called you according to his purpose. God called you according to his will. And I'm not going to finish where I wanted to finish, because I believe there's a part two to this. Amen. So I'm going to leave you with three parts and three layers of that onion of rejection that we peeled today. And I just want you to think on those things. And I hope that you heard this. And if you didn't, go back to it in a few days and hear it again. Because I think it's very important and it's something that we all deal with. And we need to learn what God is trying to teach us and reveal to us. Rejection is not a bad thing. It's all in God's timing. And rejection is for yours and mine. It's for our benefit. Amen? Thank you, church. Thank you.